The podcast under the stairs. Void Diary Entry Number 14. Audio log from Duncan McLeish Diary. Under the stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs episode number 52. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Episode number 52 has two fantastic movie reviews of what I consider to be in the top tier of uh, zombie comedies. Um, and reviews of 2008's Dance of the Dead and 1985's classic The Return of the Living Dead. Joining me for those reviews, um, a very special guest making his return back to the show. He's a colleague of mine over at the Midnight Horror Show, is of course Mr. Danny Trioxin. Um, very much looking forward to those reviews. I know that he is a huge fan of The Return of the Living Dead. I know that he's seen dance of the dead but i'm not entirely sure what his opinion is uh, it'll be interesting to see if he has as much love for that movie as i have but there's only one way to find out and that's to listen to those reviews coming up later on the show and um, also on this show the baz will be joining me to announce the winner of the let's put it this way the april giveaway of the limited edition arrow video steelbook blu-ray of Lucio Filci's The Beyond. That competition has been running for two weeks and we've had a pretty decent haul of names come in uh, from all over the planet Um, and we will find out who wins that coming up very soon. We'll also be announcing another competition. Uh, I don't know exactly what I've done to curry the favour of uh, Arrow at the moment but they have sent me a very special DVD uh, for a brand new title that they've just released this week. to give away on the show so that um, competition will also be getting announced under the bar segment and you will find out there how to apply for that competition uh, and get your chances of winning that DVD. Um, it's worth noting just now although I'll go into further detail later on that the DVD is UK Region 2 so unless you've got a multi-region player um, that DVD will only play in the UK so keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so what else to say? Uh, once again thanks very much for all the support on the recent shows, uh, a lot of love appearing on the, the Facebook page, a couple of new listeners have joined the page as well, welcome, I hope you enjoy your stay under the stairs, um, I've been trying to keep kind of busy in between having a bout of the flu, uh, which was about as nice as it sounds, um, which is not nice at all, uh, and trying to catch up with the multitude of Blu-rays that I purchased in the last couple of weeks, um, a lot of them arrived all at once and that depressing feeling where you look over at your Blu-rays and you realise that you really shouldn't be buying any more until you've watched the ones in cellophane so I need to get on that and get caught up with uh, just the the hundreds the hundreds that are in my collection at the best of times but catch up with the the 15 or so recent ones which I haven't had a chance to watch yet so I know, hashtag first world problems yeah I know Um, but yeah so there's, there's tons of things coming out as well that look really good that have kind of caught my interest 
um, eight eight films have been really really good. Uh, just in case that sounded a bit muddled in my Scottish tongue, that was eighty eight, as in eight eight films. Um, are really bringing in quite a, a good collection of um, cult Italian cinema, kind of lesser known slasher movies, uh, and some of the video nasty stuff, which myself and Andy Blockley have been discussing over on doing the nasty. Um, so there's quite a lot getting announced through them at the moment. Which I think is good because I mean I love Arrow to bits. Arrow Video is like my favourite distributor out there. But at the same time, it's good to see some competition pop up because Arrow can't put out every title, so there might as well be other companies out there hunting down, trying to give the consumers the best, the best collection of uh, titles that they can have on their Blu-ray shelf. And if that wasn't enough, um, I'm obviously planning the next month of shows on here uh, with some guests already signed up to come across so uh, on our upcoming episode we're going to have Mike Merriman from Evil Episodes and his sidecast the Not So Evil Episodes cast um, who will be coming back on here the last time I had Mike on I think was for the Halloween show in 2013 um, he came on to talk about uh, his love of um, kind of horror on TV about Halloween time, so I've not had them on since. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, John Rhodes as well from Grave Shift Radio. Uh, John and myself get a chance to chat every now and again um, online, but since I got added to the, the permanent roster over at Grave Shift Radio, he's now one of my colleagues, and I feel it's only right to bring him over here um, and let you guys get a chance to hear his opinion on a couple of movies as well, so he'll be coming across. Of course, I'm still trying to pin down dates with some other guests. Uh, Bo Ransdell should be coming on to do a very special episode uh, looking at three movies that explore the darker side of Hollywood. Um, and Johnny Krug, obviously get Johnny Krug back on the show. And Mr Andy Blockley will also be making an appearance um, with a really interesting double bill that we've, we've selected for that. So uh, I can't announce the titles just now, but when they drop, they'll be really, really cool. Um, Thank you again for all those who checked out the last episode with Jamie Jenkins, the Clown and Stitches um, episode. Once again, lots of great feedback for that, so thank you guys out there. Um, it's always great to hear from you. Uh, remember, you can get in touch for Bazzy's Basement um, by sending an email to podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com um, and in the head of Bazzy's Basement. If you want to take part in that, that um, agony ant section, all you need to do is ask Baz a question or ask him for some advice and the great one known as the Baz will fill in the blanks. Um, I think that's all I want to update you on. Um, I have no further news about the poster. Uh, suffice to say that I believe it's been started um, on the day that this is dropping. I believe that Graham Humphrey's horror artist extraordinaire will be sitting down with his pens and ink and uh, getting to work. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, by the next show dropping, I will have seen it. Um, and if it's not advertised on the page, I will be talking uh, incredibly excited, like uh, a very fast yappy chihuahua um, about how awesome it is, because I know it's going to be awesome. So, with all that in mind, I think it's time to take the first break of the show. We're going to drop out just now. You're going to hear some promos. You're going to hear the trailer for the first movie review, which is 2008's Dance of the Dead. When I return, I'm going to be with my guest, um, Danny Trioxen. Can't wait to get these reviews started. Gonna be right back after this. I'm Cootie. And my name is X. We're the hosts of Kiss 
the goat. Now, this has nothing to do with farming or bestiality. In fact, there seems to be a little confusion about what Kiss the Goat is precisely about. Well, first and foremost, it's a company show. No. First and foremost, it's about devil movies, from the ridiculous to the sublime. Right, but there's also a drinking game on every episode. Well, yeah, okay, but there's also a news segment on each show detailing the weird battle between good and evil. Okay, but there are also a lot of running gags. Well, yeah, but we also answer any and all questions from our listeners, and sometimes that gets pretty deep. But there are also terrible puns, and foul language, and a hefty dose of irreverence and light-hearted blasphemy. <laughs> there is that. Well, I think it's safe to say that there's nothing quite like Kiss the Goat anywhere else out there. Yeah, we don't even know what it's about, and we created the damn thing. <laughs> so join us, won't you, on Kiss the Goat, exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network. We make evil fun. Or we make fun evil. We, we don't know. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? Then you've got the wrong show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com I know this is last minute, but will you please go to the prom with me? Ew, get lost, Jimmy. You will remember tonight! The prom tickets! We don't have dates to the prom. I was gonna go, but then my day ate bad spinach. Wow, uh, Come on, Steven Ask! Use the force! minds behind 30 days of night and the grudge movies why is this happening into the world god's flushing the toilet that was disturbing if we don't stop those things from getting to the prom then our world is over little lady you'll get the machete but i don't know how to shoot a machete Where are y'all going? To the prom to kick some zombie ass. Who are you guys? We're the sci-fi club. We're here to rescue you. Dance of the Dead. Wish it was a corsage. And welcome back. So you have just heard the trailer for the first movie review of this podcast, Under the Stairs, episode number 52. 
The trailer was for Dance of the Dead, which came out in 2008. Now, I'm incredibly excited about this because uh, I managed to persuade uh, one of my colleagues from another show that I am privileged and honoured to be on to uh, make a return appearance to the podcast Under the Stairs to talk about these two movies tonight. So, um, you will know him from appearing on such great episodes um, <laughs> as... <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to build you... It's, it's kind of almost like Troy McClure. You know, like, like when Troy McClure does his thing in The Simpsons where he's like, you know, um, you will know me from such great movies and you've never heard of the movies before. <laughs> and I'm just assuming that people have heard all the episodes I've done. So da- Danny came on anyway to do um, some really cool episodes during the top ten uh, Best and Worst Horror Remix editions last year. He's returned again to uh, tackle these two reviews. It's Danny Trioxen. He is the founder, the original surviving member, because uh, all the others have died and, and long since buried. <laughs> well, at least that's what the that's what the internet rumours say. Danny Trioxen from the Midnight Horror Show. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. It, it, it takes little persuading. It's like holding out a giant steak to a lion. You have two, uh, well, two, what I think, two great movies, so there was no persuading. And it's you, Duncan. Of course I'm going to come. I'll, if you want to talk about Rainbow Bright, I'll show up. I'm, I'm ready to talk about anything you want. I'm good to go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we do the, the Midnight Horror Show. You've been doing the Midnight Horror Show for... For a long, long time. <laughs> long should have been dead long time ago. <laughs> Every time you try and kill it, it comes back. I know it just won't go away. It's like a zombie. Very much, you know, linking into the sh- <laughs> It's like a zombie that won't die when you shoot it in the brain. It's a, it's like a zombie that we're going to talk about tonight. It is, it is indeed, uh, yeah. And the Midnight Horror Show, for those that don't know out there, uh, has changed. Um, from the last time you were on the show, last time you were on, uh, it was hosted on a, a different network. It's now moved over into its own network uh, and its, its its own hosting website. Um, so if you would like to update people at the start here and let them know where they can check out the Midnight Horror Show online. Absolutely. It's over at tmhsradio.com now. We have our own little chat room over there. We go live, same time we used to, Wednesdays, 7 to 9 Eastern Standard Time. And um, it it plays, what, 24 hours a day, old episodes, and that's not cool. So we want to hopefully put some other shows on there, too, to throw their replays on there, because, you know, we're all one big family anyways. And every time I turn the station on and I hear us, I just almost throw my iPhone, so <laughs> I kind of need something else to listen to on there. <laughs> Maybe we have some ideas for that at some point. Oh, the thing is, like, for the first for the first wee while, it was uh, it was the same three episodes that were playing. Oh, oh God, it was a nightmare. And, <laughs> one of them was a bonus episode where me and Undead have a conversation, but there's a delay in the Skype of about 10 seconds. Oh. So it's just a lot of me talking over Undead and then an awkward pause for 10 seconds and then him saying, no, you go. And then me waiting for like 10 seconds and then speaking over the top of him again. And it was just, okay. And every time I switched on, that was on. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Is this the only show we have on here? Oh, it just kind of made my stomach explode <laughs> everywhere. There's blood everywhere. That's horrible. But uh, like you say, yeah, the, the show goes uh, live, which um, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, people can listen to the show back and they're encouraged. I think 
the live experience is a completely different beast. Um, because things get downright crazy during those two hours. It does, and it and it's really the only way to go. Because listening to it back, it's just like it's shitty. I mean, it it's <laughs> shitty. I'll tell you, it's kind of crappy. But if you listen to it live, you at least get a lot of these really awesome listeners that we have, and uh, a lot of them, um, you know, are, are other hosts of these wonderful shows, and they show up and give us some molestation pictures and <laughs> shit. It's great. I mean, it's great experience. But don't listen to it back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll say listen to it back. Um, but <laughs> if you can, if you can, listen to it live. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And you have a Facebook page as well, uh, which people should check out. And uh, can you remember what the link is off the top of your head? Uh, I think it's just the Midnight Horror Show, right? I can't remember if we use the the or we don't. I think it is. I think it's the Midnight Horror Show. Join the group. Yeah, join the group um, and become part of the madness. So, uh, yeah, so you, you're on to talk about... Uh, two films on this show. Uh, one of them is the the movie which you've just had a trailer for, which is 2008's Dance of the Dead. Uh, later on, we're going to be coming back with um, our second and final movie review, which I was just double-checking with you just before we went on air here. This movie, The Return of the Living Dead from 1985, is like your favourite movie. Yeah, absolutely. Which is fucking awesome. I, 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 like, I, I knew you liked it. And then I asked you if you wanted to come on to do it, and you you were you, you seemed quite excited. And then I started thinking, I'm sure I've had a drunken conversation with Danny where he's told me, you know, it's not just he likes this movie, this is the movie. So um, I'm very much looking forward to getting onto that one. But that's not to say that we don't have quite a lot to say about Dance of the Dead from 2008, because um, this movie, I've only ever seen this movie twice, and the first time I saw it was for. Um, cinema Beef, uh, Gary Hill's show, where he had, it was an all-zombie comedy show, um, and there was a panel of us on, it was me, Corey Graham, uh, Gary, and uh, Jesse from Horocopia, uh, all talked about Dance of the Dead, and I watched it for the first time just before that show, and had an absolute fucking blast with this movie, to the point that I was like, how did I not know this movie existed? And I've watched it back, and I'm going to be honest, my opinion really hasn't changed. I think this movie is a fucking riot, and it makes me wonder again, how have people not seen this movie? Because, um, I'll give you some information about it just now, it was directed by Greg Bishop, Um, the movie stars Jared Kusnitz, uh, Grayson Chadwick, Chandler Darby, Clarissa Capobianco, that's quite an exotic name. name. Yeah, uh, Randy McDill, uh, his name's Randy, <laughs> um, <laughs> Mark Lynch, Justin Wellborn, Mark Oliver, other folks are in the movie. The synopsis, on the night of the big high school prom, the dead rise to eat the living. The only people who can stop them are the losers who couldn't get dates to the dance. Um, which is actually not a bad synopsis for this movie. Uh, as is customary on this show though, Danny, um, my, my guest gets to lead us on the first movie review. Uh, had you seen Dance of the Dead before? Yeah? Yes, I had I had seen this. Um, this was one of those Ghost House picture releases. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this was right after the After Dark eight films to die for. So, you know, as, as a collector, I was like, all right, I got to go get those eight films. And when Ghost House does theirs, I'm going to go get theirs. And I actually started watching, and I didn't start with that one. I watched some of the other Ghost House ones, and I wasn't really as impressed with them as I had hoped to be. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wasn't really looking for this one to be any more than, you know, than the rest of them. 
But I put this one in, and this one was definitely my favorite, and it's one of my favorite zombie films. I really feel, and I think it's excellent pairing that you yeah. pair these two together because I really think this is an entirely different generation's Return of the Living Dead. I mean, yes. completely. And everything with the, um, you know, with that really quick character development, it, you just don't see in a lot of zombie films. But there's a lot of, I mean, you can put this, like, films like, dazed and confused in empire records where here you go here's a real quick awesome movie with a great soundtrack here's these characters that you're going to know all about really quickly and you know and the interactions are going to be worthy of you know mm -hmm. outside of the genre cinema and you know the zombies look badass i mean it, uh, both films <laughs> the zombies just look fucking great it, it just looks great and the, the use of music and the stereotypical characters i mean this is this is return of the living dead for a newer generation i love this film I really do. I, t I totally, totally agree. Um, and it kind of was in the back of my head when I was thinking of the, the movie that I wanted to pick. I knew I was doing The Return of the Living Dead, but to try and think of a movie. And at first, the, 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 the natural idea for me is to pick a movie which is complete opposite um, and try and put the two of them together and try and compare merits. Um, but watching it back, I kind of got that feeling as well that, that there are so many stereotypes. It's funny because the... In the eighties, the punks were kind of the outcasts of of like the school cliques and all the rest. The punk groups were were, were the ones that had to to fight on some level for legitimacy. Um, and in this one, it's the it's your modern kind of geeks and nerds that are kind of you know, the losers club. Which let's let's be honest, that's kind of that's kind of how a lot of horror fans see themselves. And I love the fact that. And this one that the kind of the the meek inherit the earth, so to speak. You know what I mean? That you know the the, the losers are the ones that have to ultimately stand up yeah. to to you know to actually do something because the rest of everything else has kind of crumbled away. Um, I think, like you were saying, the the zombie makeup in this is really good considering this wasn't done on a big budget at all, um, and it has this really cool effect, which I think. I'm just like, why has this not happened in, in zombie movies before? But there's a sequence where um, the characters are running through the graveyards and basically the zombies are busting out, almost being like springboarded out and landing on their feet and running. Uh, like, just so, straight out the ground. It's fucking amazing. It, it, it makes me think of something from like a like Ghost and Goblin side-scroller type game. Yeah. You know, it's very, you know, arcade style how they're entering, but it, it's terrifying too. And it works for that movie because it's that nice blend of like gore, horror, and, and comedy. I mean, it, it does it really, really well. And I really think that's one of the harder things to blend together. Those elements yeah. don't go together. Yeah, I mean, how many, after Shaun of the Dead came out, how many you know, zombie comedy movies were tried to make loads and, and none of them really live up no. to that, that, that standard. And I think it's because like and and I mean that's not to say that there wasn't zombie comedy movies before Shaun of the Dead. There are loads, Return of the Living Dead being like the prime example of that. But there was other ones through the eighties and nineties as well. But Shaun of the Dead just took a different spin on it. You know, it took that kind of spaced humour and transferred over into uh, a zombie comedy background. Dance of the Dead is genuinely funny. There are moments that make me laugh, like out loud. The fact that the, like the the three piece punk band um, find out that whenever they're playing music, this this kind of repels so, the the zombies. And, and I love the idea of them standing in the garage with like a, like a horde of zombies, and they're just kind of 
one of them starts playing something, another one's like, yeah, like that, and then we go away and we see, like, we get another 20 minutes of of characters trying to defend and save themselves, and when we come back, they're still playing the same fucking song. 20 minutes later, just r- rocking the shit out of this song, because, yeah, one, first and foremost, they think they're amazing, but two, it's repelling the zombies, uh, which is really cool. This, the fact it's set in a high school as well, towards the end, I love, I've always had a soft spot for horror movies in high schools, and um, the 2000s, I've mentioned this many times, one of my big bugbearers about the 2000s in horror cinema is everything moved to college. Yeah. Which kind of annoyed me a little bit, um, because it was like, no longer can we have things in high schools, and I don't know how much of that's to do with, you know, uh, without trying to think about or, or analyse it too much, but things like Columbine. Yeah. Um, you can you notice a, like a a popular shift in terms of horror away from it can no longer be, we can't have kids at school being in danger. So the next level to 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 make it attractive to the teenage market that these movies are is to move it to college because that's the next stage up. So we we kind of move away from that, and I love the fact that this one goes right back to it. it gives us exactly what we want from something like this, and I mean the absurdity of holding it. Like, I love the fact that the title of the movie is Dance of the Dead, because how many of the dead movies are there yeah. with zombies? There's fucking so many that I, when I typed it in a Google search, I gave up after about the 25 mark. I was just, I can't believe there's so many of the dead movies. You know, like, had George Romero managed to really tie that down in such a way with his contracts and stuff like that, you know, and then had listies out, the guy would be a multi-millionaire in terms of you know, the royalties he would have made off the, the back of, of the dead the, movies. Yeah, I, I think what's funny is, though, a, a lot of people when I ask or have asked in the past about Dance of the Dead, you know, if they've seen this film, most of them uh, automatically assume I'm talking about the Masters of Horror episode, Dance of oh. the Dead. And I'm just shocked by that, that so many people think I'm referring to that and, and know that, but have no idea what this film was. I yeah, it's a major problem. I really think that needs to be reversed. That's not cool. It's funny because I was checking out as well to the, the to, before we started recording. Um, I went on to IMDb uh, and checked out what the the director Greg Bishop had actually done since since Dance of the Dead. Because to me, amazing movie. I would just assume that after a movie like that. Someone out there would give him some money to make a new movie, like VHS Viral, right? I mean, that's always he's done. He did Dante the Great, and I don't think that's he's done anything else. Yeah. That's really about it. He's done like a couple of shorts, but um, like since, but and even that VHS Viral is a short, and I, I quite I, I liked the concept to that one. Um, I didn't like the execution. That was the one about the the cloak that the magic cloak that possessed people. Yeah. Um, which was a really cool concept. I just thought the CGI was shit. Um, which is a shame, because once again, you look at uh, Dance of the Dead, a lot of practical effects in that movie. Abs- yeah. It, it's it's actually very disappointing. I mean, that's, I was kind of disappointed that that's all we got from him, you know? Yeah. I, do, I don't know. I don't know if this is... I don't know if he's been off doing other things. Um, he definitely has a lot of producer credit, so I don't know if he's been producing a lot of movies and he, he maybe was talked back into doing another movie. But I think Dance of the Dead, as like you say, if anything, if you're doing that as a, as a feature length, the difficulty of trying to get a horror comedy 
to work is hard enough, but to try and get a zombie horror comedy to work, to be funny, to have that, you, you clocked that straight away. The character development, when the first five minutes of this movie, you know who everyone is, you know who you like, you know who you don't like, you're on with the movie. Um, and that that's something that, you know, any filmmaker in today's climate struggles to do, is to, is to make you know, engaging three-dimensional characters. And this one, yeah, it does, and maybe it does it easier because it plays specifically to kind of stereotypes. Yeah. And you can maybe make that case. But even then, I've seen a lot of horror movies which have these stereotypes in it that have characters that are two-dimensional. And this one doesn't do that. Um, I think it's, I just think of all the things that happen, I love the quirky characters. I love the the, the coach who's, who's like some sort of, Arlie Ermey sort of, you know, yeah. character um, who turns out to be a gun nut and then by, you know, by the end of this movie he's just fucking like, it's like something from a, like some sort of Vietnam vet when it comes to the end of this movie, just trawling them right through and I love the fact that, you know, when, another thing I love about this movie is the ending, um, and I, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to worry about spoilers for this movie because this movie's been out a while. <clears throat> if you've not seen it, I would highly recommend you see it anyway. But um, the whole premise of this movie is that there's a power plant near the the town. Um, since this power plant has been open, uh, the groundskeeper in the graveyard has been doing very much like Cemetery Man actually has been a has been very much aware that the dead are coming to life. Um, and he's been taking care of them, uh, killing them and reburying them. So this secret has remained like a secret until an accident which basically sets them all off. And at the end, the coach is like that, right, we need to destroy this power plant. And he gets them all on the, 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 the bus and he's like, right, we're stopping for pancakes first. We're all going to have pancakes. We're going to regroup, get a strategy together and go and take down this power plant. And that's where the movie finishes. It's awesome. you know. <laughs> I think that's great. I th- how many other movies would have given us another 20 minutes of let's destroy the power plant? I love the fact that this movie is like about an hour and 20 minutes long and all that hour and 20 minutes, I think 10 minutes are the credits. The end credits go on forever. Uh, so it's like an hour and 10 minutes long, this movie. It knows exactly what it is. It gets in, gets it done, does it well and finishes great. I, th- I think um, it's, it's a lesson to a lot of people out there that I mean, we, we are kind of almost sick to death of zombie movies, which is quite funny considering the Midnight Horror Show are about to do a top 20 countdown of the <laughs> the, the best hot, uh, zombie movies ever made. Um, but, you know, it is, we are oversaturated by them. And a lot of people do say that, you know, after things like 28 Days Later, zombies became, you know, a, almost a parody of themselves. Uh, and then you watch a movie like Dance of the Dead and you're like, no, this movie's like, what, eight years removed from 28 Days Later and is fucking so satisfying to watch and so entertaining that there is still life in them, if you excuse the, the pun. Uh, there's still life in the zombie <laughs> genre if it's done right. And I think the danger is a lot of people don't necessarily handle it with the reverence that Greg Bishop did because he seemed to just get everything right in the movie. Yeah, more people should watch this so uh, so he'll go do something else really cool because this is a great movie and it's got a, a it's got one of my favorite zombie kills here of the last you know you know fifteen twenty years of zombies and that's the uh, oh what was it the, the, I can't remember the nerdy kid's name but he was with that cheerleader Gwen and when yeah. they uh, finally finally get together go zombie she bites his tongue off then they just start like making out and eating each other it's fucking yeah. awesome as shit. I'd- I think that I mean I think that but that's another thing about the movie is I think it has 
and because you know, like, the character development's done really well that when she you know when she shows him that he's got the wound and he won't leave her he won't leave her and ultimately he knows that he's gonna he's gonna get bitten on some level yeah and uh, at the end of the day they're still together even though they're zombies until the building explodes anyway they're, they're still together I love the fact that they take the the bully character the kind of punk bully sort of character um of this movie who is a complete dick but when they kill him off, they've done enough to that character uh, in terms so of development that I feel so sorry that he's died. And they had to beat him to death. <laughs> oh, God, it was horrible. Yeah, I mean, how, how many movies can say that they can take a complete asshole of a character and make you feel sorry for him when he dies? Uh, yeah. No, I I can only think of, you know, a couple. And yeah. the other one we're talking about uh, tonight. So that's the only other one I can think. Yeah, which once again maybe maybe does make them a really good double bill together in terms of in terms of viewing. I, I think, like I say, there's a there's a lot of cool things about this. I think it's just really well shot as well, considering the budget. Um, you've said as well the makeup on the zombies fucking brilliant, um, and it just it's a quick paced movie. It, within the first five minutes, we know there's zombies. Within the you know the first ten minutes of the movie, the zombies are out. Um, and you know it doesn't really slow down from there. The pace of the movie pretty much just keeps keeps it going at quite a, a quick pace right to the end. And um, I think you know that's that's to its benefit. A movie like this where there isn't a lot of budget, it could easily, especially with with teenage romance and all the all the other things that are happening in this movie, could get heavily bogged down in that, which slows the pace of a movie. This one doesn't spend any time doing that at all. But doesn't sacrifice the fact that you still know that these characters all care for each other. Um, I love the fact that we have our, our two loser characters at the end kind of divvying up what girl they want, what cheerleader they want. Yeah. Um, and one of them hands her the, the, the American football helmet and says, right, I'll, I'll give you this to defend yourself. Um, and then he kind of looks at it and realises, no, actually, I need to defend myself. So it just kind of grabs it back off and puts it on. It's awesome. It's it's just it's it's a cool fucking movie and uh, like I say if you haven't seen it if you're out there um, I watched this this time I don't actually own it but I watched it on YouTube it's up in its entirety on YouTube obviously I think that's on some level it's not great because you'd really be paying money to go and see this movie um, if it's not on, if it's not on Netflix then get yourself a copy you can get it fairly cheap now uh, I intend to try and find if it's out in Blu-ray. Uh, and if it is, I'm buying a copy to add to my collection because I think it's it's worth the pennies. And like Danny was saying, if anything, if people start rallying behind this movie now, maybe it means that Greg Bishop goes on and does something a bit more substantive than a short on VHS. I think the guy's better than that. Uh, and I think Dance of the Dead proves that. I think um, very much so. Uh, now, Danny, on this show, you may remember, you may recall, uh, the grading is Netflix grading. It's very, very, very simple grading system where basically we work from the premise of one is hated it, two is didn't like it, three is liked it, four is really liked it, and five is loved it. With that in mind, what would you give to Dance of the Dead? I give it a five. It's a five. I'm with you. Yeah, five, five for me as well. I love this movie. I think it's a, it is the the epitome of a fun horror zombie comedy. Um. And I think it is on on those merits of 
of fun horror zombie comedies. And if we're discounting things like rom-zom-coms or whatever the fucking being added to now, uh, there's very few movies that top this. And it just so happens that the next movie we're going to be talking about is one of those movies. So, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> excited? It, I know, I'm super excited. <laughs> I just peed on myself a little bit like a kid. <laughs> I can click it really quickly. How many times have you reviewed The Return of the Living Dead? You know, it I... must be loads, surely. I, think we ever, I don't know if we really ever have. We might have done it on um, the Midnight Horror Show back in the day, but then that would have just been me talking about it while the other two pretended they watched it. So <laughs> that was never fun. <laughs> oh, well, that in mind, we're going to take a very short break just now. Uh, we're going to have an interruption in that short break uh, with a, a small segment with myself and the Baz, uh, where we announce who won the Baz. You love the Baz, don't you? I love the Baz. That guy's great. Guy's everyone great. loves. Everyone that's loves that's the Baz. Awesome concept too. You fucking brilliant bastard, you. <laughs> Well, he's he's only on to do um, the he's not doing the Basby horror. I'm afraid he's coming on to announce who won our special competition for the limited edition Arrow Video Steelbook Blu-ray Lucio Fulci's uh, The Beyond, which has been running for a couple of weeks. Um, he will announce the winner, and then you're going to hear the trailer for our second and final movie review of this show. It is the return of the living dead, and myself and Danny are going to be back to discuss that movie right after this break. Well, all the kids are rocking and everyone's feeling all right. All right! It's on a Friday evening and there's still gonna be a fight. A fight! Is there somebody's gonna get you that kick dead tonight? Well, now the band is moving and everyone is shouting for Soon to be a pull of blood on the dance room floor. The floor. Somebody's gonna get their head kicked in tonight. We're gonna rip up the chairs, get out the walls, smash up the bin. Well, all of us boys gonna be a fat express, and the whole dance floor be a double mess. All the cats are rocking, and everyone's feeling alright. Alright, it's on a Friday evening, there's sure gonna be a fight. A fight. Is there somebody's gonna get their head kicked in tonight? We're gonna rip up the chairs, yeah, the walls. smash up the band. Really All of us boys gonna be a fat express and the whole damn floor be a double mess. All the cats are rocking and everyone's feeling alright. Alright, it's on a Friday evening, there's sure gonna be a fight. Is there somebody's gonna get the hat? Somebody's gonna get the hat. Oh, oh, oh. Somebody's gonna get the hat. Kick it tonight, night, night, night. Movies need only three things: badasses. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. Boobs. Do you know that the female breast, known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons? And body counts. Body count. 
cinematics of murder and menace. The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser-known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BBNBC podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. Seventy-two movies that shocked a nation and made an infamous list the video nasties. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you can join me and my co-host Andy Blockley. Hello, hello. As we chat about the 72 films, reviewing them all from the video nasty list live on our podcast. Tell them about it, Andy. Okay, 1982. 20,000 films were seized in London alone because they were too nasty to be watched. Come and find out why. That's right. The show's called Doing the Nasty Podcast. You can find it exclusively on the Horror Delia Network of Podcasts. Come and check us out. And we interrupt this podcast under the stairs, this review podcast under the stairs episode 52 for a very special Bazzy's update because uh, we've been running a competition for two weeks now and I think it's about time we announced the winner. Um, In order to announce the winner I have to bring back my sexy, sexy co-host. He is of course the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Hola sexy bitches. Uh, Are you right Baz? I'm, I'm no Duncan. I'm really no mate. I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, what? What happened? P- put you in the picture. I'm basically I'm in a full body cast and neck brace. The pain's excruciating, Duncan. What happened that you ended up in a full body cast and a neck brace? <laughs> it's Dave Burke's fault, mate. <laughs> Dave Burke? Aye, he, he, he put that thing on the competition thread. About, about the, the, the infamous Glasgow tonsil smasher. <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my head, Duncan. And then the wife was away for a couple of days. Oh, I was lonely, Duncan. <laughs> I was a little bit drunk. I tried to eat myself, Duncan. <laughs> Fracture two of my vertebrae, Duncan, and I've severed my epic lotus. <laughs> you want to be dangly bit in the back? <laughs> Sheared and clean off. Ended up I ate the fucking thing. <laughs> oh, it's the worst idea I've ever had. Catastrophic. Right, hold on, I'm going to take the neck brace off and see if I can speak a bit better, hold on. Oh, that's relieved a bit of the pressure on my throat, man. Oh, it's the worst idea of my life, Dunk. Worst idea of my life. It's going to take me weeks to go over this, if not months. Goddamn Dave Burke. Pervert. (laughs) Is he the pervert for suggesting it, or are you the pervert for action in it? He planted the seed, Dunk. He planted the seed. I merely ploughed the furrow. Oh, I was not anyway, let's, let's move on before the morphine wears off, Duncan. 
<laughs> um, so we've been running a competition on the old uh, podcast under the stairs Facebook page. Um, all you had to do was mention under the comment of my wife holding the prize that you wanted it to be entered into the competition um, and a record number of people entered this competition by podcast under the stairs standards. How many people entered the competition, Baz? We had a whopping 15 entrants, Duncan. 15? I'll tell you, that's... I mean, I mean I, I, so close to 20. I was kind of hoping for 20. So close. Um, but thanks very much for everyone who commented under that, that picture. Some of them were getting a wee bit CD and graphic, um, which if Bass had only read that, he wouldn't have needed to console smash himself. Um, Just caught my eye, Duncan, took my fancy. <laughs> So, yeah, I'd like to thank everyone who entered that. Uh, we are going to be posting on the Facebook page the, the actual drawing of that so people can see uh, <laughs> how old school I went. I actually did pull names from a hat, a bowler hat to be precise, because I'm, I'm old school that way. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so we put all 15 names in the hat. The, the winning name was drawn by my wife. Um, I've given that name to the Baz. And Baz, if you would like to announce the winner of um, this competition and also tell them just before you announce the winner what that winner has won. Indeed, uh, as you saw in the photograph folks of the lovely Corrine giving it her steeliest of gazes, <laughs> uh, the prize uh, in th- this month's competition was a limited edition steelbook Blu-ray of Fulci's classic The Beyond. Oh sexy, sexy. And the winner is, drum roll, <laughs> Mr Dave Bates. Oh, congratulations, Mr. Dave Bates. Congratulations, Dave. Oh, see, I feel, I feel, I feel like I'm sending. Well, I'm sending it to America for a start, um, but I kind of feel like I'm sending it to American listeners, is he? Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Um, he's actually, I'm, I'm quite happy on some level that I is actually, because he's the one that tends to post quite a lot of stuff in the group page, which sparks conversation, like uh, name your favourite horror scene from a movie growing up you know these sort of things he posts a lot of them so um, I believe it's going to a good home uh, and all I would ask is Dave when you hear this show um, or you read it on the page if you can drop me a private message with your address and I will post that prize out to you and thank you very much for participating in this giveaway tremendous however as if that wasn't enough this week Arrow unbeknownst to myself um, has sent me another prize to give away. We're literally hemorrhaging prizes this month, Duncan. We are, because I'm, I'm kind of having... Much like my shattered spleen is hemorrhaging <laughs> blood. I've, I've had to hold, hold back the next competition prize, because I had another one. Say I had a Blu-ray from Arrow of uh, Tenebrae, the repackaged edition of Tenebrae from Dario Argento to give away, but I'm holding that back now, uh, because this one's a bit more poignant, because it's just been released in the UK. Um, it is unfortunately in DVD format, I didn't get a Blu-ray release in the UK, but it is um, Arrow are distributing um, a film called Beneath. So we have, it only just came out on Monday last week, so um, we have a DVD of that, which is once again UK region, so unless you've got a multi-region DVD player, um, if you, you apply for it, I won't play in your player. So just so, so this isn't like the the one we've just given away, which was region three. This is yeah. specifically region two. This one. Yeah, this is specifically region two. This is UK region. So unless you have a multi-region player, I mean you can apply. I'll still send it out, but it's just going to line yourself and gather dust. And no movie deserves to do that. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, so that has come in. Uh, we'll be obviously posting uh, a picture of my wife holding said DVD. Um, however, it's not a case of asking if you want it this time. I'm going to make you work for this uh, this one here. Um, so, Baz, you've come up with an ingenious way to kill two birds with one stone to allow the listeners the enjoyment of hearing you go through some more Bazzy's basement and at the same time give the people participating a chance to win the DVD. Would you like to elaborate? I certainly shall, Duncan. Yep, as you say, um, most folk by now should be familiar with our Agony Ant section, Baz's Basement. So, in order to win this DVD in this competition, what we want you to do is submit a question for Baz's Basement, just in the same way that we always do, just send a blue... Uh, Send a blurry. Send an email to Duncan. Baz's basement in the subject line. Duncan will give you the email address at the end here. Um, and then with some kind of question or something that you'd like to know. And I will judge the entries that we have. Pick my favourite. And they will be awarded the DVD. Now please, it, get yourselves out the gutter. It doesn't have to be the filthiest, horniest kind of question, you know. I mean, something that intrigues me. <laughs> Says the, the man that has is now recovering from a <laughs> a sex injury. I do well. This is I'm trying to straighten myself out and move on. My life now, don't. <laughs> Maybe ask my favourite Bible passages or something like that. <laughs> Just know? a disclaimer there: asking Baz for his favourite <laughs> favourite Bible passage will not mean that you win this competition. <laughs> Just in case. So that's it. So send a question in to Baz's basement, and I will pick my favourite, and they'll win the blue day. That's right. So yeah, the, the email to send that into is podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com or you can comment on the picture that will be posted in the Facebook page if you're too lazy to send an email. And I know some people are. They're so past emails these days that if it's not Twitter and it's not fucking Facebook, then it's not worth anything. So you have those two options. If you are sending an email to podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com, remember putting the header, Bazzy's Basement, so I know... And I'm filtering through my emails what ones are the right ones and you know it makes it easier for me so yeah so you have two weeks so the announcement uh, of that winner will be announced on episode number 54 of the podcast under the stairs two weeks from now so um, Baz I feel that I've kept you on long enough now that you need to go and recover yeah, I'm, neck- I'm off back to my intensive physiotherapy, don't <laughs> Yeah, put that neck brace back on. I need to get back into training because uh, I've been getting a bit of hassle from people wanting to hear uh, Bazzy's conclusion at Friday the 13th that you need a, like, a rocky training montage to get yourself back in shape to finish those movies. Yeah, we are 33rd and 0.3% of the way through that episode. I will be recording another one this week and I might oh, even yeah. try and squeeze in the third of the weekend. We'll round oh. this motherfucker off. Oh, just spoiling these bastards. Well, there we go. Do you like that? <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, see, see, it's not the listeners, it's you. It's the morphine. It's the filth. It's the filth. As well as there's nothing to do with morphine, it's the filth. Right, Baz, would you like to say goodbye to our listeners, please? Toodle pip, folks. And um, I'm going to be right back after this very short break with another movie review as myself and Danny Trioxon take on the 1985 classic The Return of the Living Dead. We'll be right back, right after this. You're listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs.
dark of the night, something strange is going on. Welcome back, so you've just heard the trailer for a second and final movie review of episode number 52 of the podcast Under the Stairs. Um, This movie is, of course, The Return of the Living Dead from 1985. I'm so excited. I'm I'm wearing my jacket. It's a little cold here, so (laughs) I'm turning a living jacket, party time jacket on. Do you actually have a Return of the Living Dead jacket? Oh yeah, I've got the, the, you know, the party time one. Yeah, yeah, that's cool as fuck. Yeah, I've got that one, and um, uh, you know, I've got I've got Return of the Living Dead stuff sitting all over the house everywhere. Some of it we've gotten from listeners, so it's it's pretty cool. That's cool as fuck. That's cool as fuck. This one um, is we're funny. We were talking. Another thing that maybe this has in common with a uh, Dance of the Dead is that um, Dan O'Bannon hasn't actually directed that many movies at all. No, no, he hasn't. Um, at this time, when he's putting this out, you know, this one obviously is you know like we said earlier is is my favorite but uh i didn't realize till much much later in life when i went back and saw that this guy was at least a writer or director on three movies at this time period that just imprinted themselves on my brain and terrified me for life and yeah yeah it's a part of all three of these things yeah he's um i mean like for those who don't know out there he's he, he was he's his main his main um his main passion um 
it was was to do writing, and he, his writing is phenomenal. Um, and of course, he did the the original story and screenplay for Dark Star, uh, which was John Carpenter's first outing uh, as a director. Um, did Alien, which you know, Aliens, like, uh-huh. Aliens in my top. Uh, it is in my top 10 horror movies ever made I think it's fucking phenomenal and you know he has worked on the alien movies since then in some capacity whether it's that certain characters have been carried over from his things or he's had some sort of involvement with screen story like I think he did some work on Alien vs Predator um, which is not great um, <laughs> you know, well, let's, let's, let's just skip over that but he did uh, Life Force as well oh. Life Force uh by uh, to- uh, Toby Hooper is is a movie that I fucking love and I, I can't I, I will it is terrifying Ugh. it really is it's quirky but it's terrifying yep that one in uh, god what was the other it was that uh, Invaders from Mars oh that's yeah. jumping things and it was this he ruined my childhood Dan O'Bannon did it with these people <laughs> <laughs> me shivers just now as you mentioned them but but you know like he he does he does um, the Return of the Living Dead. This is, you know, this is something that he he I I believe to the best of my knowledge he wrote and you know he directed as well. And um, I, well, let me tell you some information about it then. Uh, so the movie stars Clue Gulliger, uh, James Caron, Don Calfa, uh, uh, Tom Matthews, Beverly Randolph, John. Philbin, Joe uh, Shepard, uh, Brian Peck, Linnea Quigley's in this. Uh, great fucking cast. Jonathan Terry, Drew uh, Dagan. Um, ah, yeah, loads of folk. Uh, the synopsis of this movie, for those who haven't seen it, <laughs> um, <laughs> when two bumbling employees, I would argue that one of them's bumbling and the other one's not, but um, when two bumbling employees at a medical supply warehouse accidentally release a deadly gas into the air, the vapours cause the dead to rise again as zombies. So, I'll kick us off on this one. Um, I was late to the party with this movie, actually. The first time I saw this movie, and don't hate me for this, Danny, was uh, mid-2000s. I saw it on 35mm as part of an all-night showing screening of horror movies uh, which happened it was like a kind of one-off event uh, but they played The Return of the Living Dead and I fell in love with this movie um, I remember the guy that was putting it on had said you know this was a movie he grew up with which was you know like one of these movies that pretty much changed his entire life because after this one he purposely went I think it was one of his first horror movies he'd ever seen and after that, he went and watched as much as he possibly could, and I could see that because there's so much, so much energy and kind of so much energy and respect in this movie paid to to kind of horror just in general. That I mean, there's no way you couldn't want to watch horror movies after this one. I watched this movie last night again for like the umpteenth time, and when it finished. I was like, I need to watch another fucking movie now. I, I just you you get you, there's just so much enthusiasm going on um, that I love, and this one obviously is the one that 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 changes the rules, Danny. It totally changes the rules because I mean, it fucks yeah, everything up now. <laughs> yeah, because everyone thinks that zombies eat brains as just a prerequisite. No, this, this is where it comes from. This, this is, is where it starts, isn't it? Yeah, this is the hunger for brains in one of the, ah, just one of the creepiest parts. You know, just one <laughs> of the creepiest parts. You know, and I mean, I, I think 
you know, you, you said you've, you know, seen it here in the 2000s here more recently. I, I think why this one, you know, becomes my favorite and sticks out is because this is the one I remember seeing on TV. You know, I was, you know, even though I love Night of the Living Dead, you know, back then, you know, black and white wasn't going to work. I was a kid. You know, it just wasn't going to work for me. You know, and even Dawn of the Dead, it wasn't really being shown on TV that much. But Return of the Living Dead was coming on the late night USA up all night, the chiller theater type shit, you know, late at night on TV. So this is what I had to see. And you talking zombies, these zombies that you couldn't stop. Like, this all became way scarier to me. You know, it's like, oh, it's a zombie. They sh- shuffle around. You shoot them in the head. Well, these guys are, like, smart. They're overwhelming you. They're tricking people on the CB. I mean, it, they're unstoppable. Yeah. It's terrifying. And then even at the end of this thing, you know, when you think you've stopped them, no, you've just recycled them back into the rain. And now they're... <laughs> again, I, how can you walk out of this movie and it's just... I mean, it's, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. This... this like you said, changed all the rules for zombies right here. Yeah. I mean, I I think the thing is as well is you're talking about um, the the feelings that you get watching this movie and almost in some level that kind of um, no-win sort of scenario that these characters are kind of doomed on some level Um, and that never speaks any greater than the end of this movie which is it's just fucking it's it's Romero esque in terms of you know how how bleak it is, but at the same time there's something quite comical about the fact that these characters struggle and survive so far into it, and all the way through this we get this idea that the the army are going to help. You know we keep jumping back to this army commander who is fucking brilliant in this movie. I love how his wife asks him about three questions <laughs> and he tears the face off her. He is he's like, dick about the pork chops. She's like, pork chops, your favorite. He's like, I had those for lunch. He's yeah. I eat, hate, hate that guy. He's, he's standing in his, his dining room with his, uh, his glass of, I'm assuming it's supposed to be scotch, with his ice cubes just swirling it. Like and she's asking him like, oh, but did they ever find it? And oh, why did they need to call you? And he's just like, oh, god damn it! And he's like fucking shoots Martha. <laughs> Martha. And he's just fucking shoots her down, and her face, her reaction to it is fucking brilliant. And um, yeah, so, so we have this, we have, <laughs> we have this whole thing with them basically being, you know, like he's he's going to have he's some alert system, and he's going to save the day and all the rest. And ultimately, his his response, his way to save. The day is by blowing up the fucking town. Yeah, but it's, it's killing it's, everyone. It's less than four thousand dead, though. They say that that's you know that's the way to go. You know, yeah. Which he, is a, a, on some level, I'm thinking, yeah, that's right. That is the way to go. If there's a town somewhere out there that's infected with zombies, it could spread all over, destroy that motherfucker. But at the same time, we have struggled with these characters. All it is on some level, it's a really, really ballsy slap to the face of the audience, but one that I totally think works in this movie. Oh, yeah, it, it totally works in this movie. Um, I think what's funny is I love that this film, just talking about Romero and Dawn of the Dead in the beginning, started the whole urban legend where people would walk around, you know, those outside of the genre and be like, no, yeah, you know, I heard that Night of the Living Dead was actually based on these corpses in Pittsburgh that were really yeah. jumping around. <laughs> like, no, that's a line from a movie, you idiot. That, that didn't happen. But it, it, it spread. I mean, it was like one of these, like, you know, creepy pasta stories. Everyone's like, "Oh no, that that was based on real stuff." They they jump around in the morgue there in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's in the water. That's what it is. Well, believe 
It's great because, you know, this movie just, it didn't get the credit it deserved. But I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. The cast of characters are a bunch of punks. Yeah, I, I think the thing that you're saying with that as well is you know exactly that Dan O'Bannon obviously has a lot of respect for Romero because they, they reference it right at the start. And I think that's I, I think that's the way to go, you know, with these sort of movies, is acknowledge, yeah, you probably know all this shit already because you've probably seen all these zombie movies before but I'm just going to I'm going to take that as my my foundations and I'm just going to build a completely different mythology over the top of it and one that just completely works and you're right our main group of characters here are kind of unlikable characters you know what I mean by, by their, their definition you're like they, they are the outcasts the, you know your general audience that were going to see this movie would not connect with a group of punks you know what I mean because look at them they're driving about the place and they're breaking into graveyards and you know what are they doing you know they're the, 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 the part of society that we, we don't like they're the misfits and all the rest but you connect with them and when they slowly start getting picked off one by one, I, I don't think there's... I, I, I'm, I'm not sitting there rooting on the zombies killing these characters. I, I'm kind of sad when a lot of them go. Um, and I, I think there's something to, to be said for a woman getting undressed on top of a tomb and doing a sexy dance. I'm, I, I'm, I'm down with that, Danny. <laughs> now it makes me wonder if I watch that in Blu-ray, if I will really notice the pussy plate much better yeah. than on the VHS and DVD. Yeah, because I um, I think on the DVD you can kind of I I don't know how much of it is I know that it's there so when I'm watching it I just see it yeah um or how much of it is actually you can see it um so yeah I think uh, there's there's a, there's a few things that I think that I need to touch upon and one of them was what you were talking about in the previous re- review about the zombie makeup. I think the zombie makeup in this movie for the time is absolutely fucking amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. Our main zombie, who what was his what's his technical name again? What's uh, his Tarman? Yes, Tarman, who is all slimy and gloopy and all the rest. I mean, you see him walking around. I'm like that. How long did that person have to sit in the makeup chair to get all that done to them? Because it's phenomenal. Oh yeah, it is. I'm trying to think who that was. Uh, Alan Troutman, I think. Was the guy oh, Tar Man? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's, I mean, he's an iconic zombie, and he's literally in just a couple. You know, just the scene basically with ripping the door off and then biting Suicide's head open. I mean, it's, he's yeah. not really. He goes from there to by the fifth when he's hitchhiking and stuff. So I mean, they they made a huge deal out of the small character, and I think it's like you're saying though, it, because you know the detail was so well done to the costume design that it does become iconic. It doesn't matter that it's only in the film for literally ten minutes. Yeah, and there, there's there's something very. I, I always I always like think I always really like the design of of like uh, the the zombie and creep show, uh, you know like I, I like really like the, the the design of that, and it's almost like they've taken it to the next gnarly sort of gloopy slimy level on this one, um, and and taking it to a completely different level. Um, and I mean, the second thing I want to touch upon uh, is the soundtrack to this movie is so fucking badass. It is unbelievable. I mean, there are certain movies where what is happening on the screen is perfectly represented by the, the, the score, the soundtrack. And this movie is so intertwined that I think if you took any... If you took if you change the the soundtrack to this movie, I don't think the movie would work as well. You know, like there's this kind of push just now in the UK for alternative soundtracks. 
I don't know if this has hit America yet, but um, it wasn't that long ago that um, film four, I believe it was, in the in the in the UK, put out Drive, the 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 Nicholas Winding Refn movie with uh, Ryan Gosling, which has an iconic score which suits the movie, but updated the score, so changed it, so put completely different bands in over the top as an experiment to see how people would react to it, and I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much because I felt you've you've the, the movie's now completely different because I connect with the soundtrack as well as the visual and you've changed that now that I think if they ever did this you know they ever tried to to you know show this with an alternative soundtrack or even reworked versions of these songs it wouldn't fucking work it, just, it wouldn't work at all it doesn't work I, I mean you're you're right it, it just had to it syncs so perfectly because really how else can a main title song become so popular and so happy-go-lucky and associated with zombies when in the background she's talking about like raping a five-year-old kid and killing them? I mean, it's a yeah. horrible song if you listen to the lyrics. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The, li- <laughs> the lyrics are really rough. It's an amazing song, but you don't think about any of that. You don't hear what uh, Dinah Cancer's singing about at all. All you see is, you know, zombies popping up out of the grave and, you know, mouths going wide open and eyes opening up in sockets. I mean, the, the zombies... Uh, what's the um? I don't know what you call the one, but the uh, that like the torso on the table. Where, oh, I mean, you know, it, especially now that we're dealing with all this CGI, that's you know more and more and more replacing even the most basic of of things. I mean, this kind of puppetry, if you if you replace it, it just it, it gets rid of all that makes it genuine. I mean, you know, you can hear that bone clicking on the steel table when it's writhing around. Yeah. I mean, that thing, and when she starts talking. And the fact that they like, you know, they, they're basically skeletal um, zombies. You know, they have every form of decay down to skeletal, but the eyes remain. I, I think yeah. it's such a creepy, creepy, you know, it's not, you know, not logical that that would happen, but it's a great creepy element. I love yeah, it. Yeah, because your eyes, your eyes are one of the first things to go. <laughs> God, I mean, Tombs of the Blind Dead, if we want to get serious, is probably the closest it gets. I mean, that's really <laughs> with no eyes. Makes sense. But uh, it just it looks so much better with these eyes and that they're talking. I mean, we've got zombies talking and, and eating brains. It's all these new things coming out in a movie. And you would think, you know, if someone tried to do that nowadays, there's just too many people to be like, oh, you're, 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 it's blasphemy. You're destroying zombies. You know, thank God it hadn't been so well developed back then when this movie comes out that it's able to, you know, redirect a whole different line. I mean, now you've got not just Romero zombies, walking, shamblers, shot in the head, but now you have a branch that everyone can just build off of, you know, this way. I like yeah. that. It's, it's, it was awesome. I mean, and I, I don't think if it's done in any other time period, any other soundtrack, uh, even any other actors, I mean, it, most of these don't go on to do anything. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I think some of them killed themselves, right? Uh, suicide. Mm-hmm. Actually committed suicide, didn't he? Mark Venter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, really, who's, who goes on for, well, we have Clue Gulliger, which, who, I mean, what in the fuck? How the hell does Dan O'Bannon go get Clue Gulliger to play the role that he plays in this film? Then again, <laughs> you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I guess, at the, he was just, uh, he was grasping at anything at that time. He, <laughs> that too. Yeah, but, and obviously Tom Matthews goes on to play Tommy Jarvis a year later. Um, yeah, yeah. and, and then, Suicide's, in, suicides in, um, in that movie as well, is he not? Is he not the yeah. guy with the axe? Yeah, he's in there. And then Miguel Nunez uh, that played, what was it, spider yeah, uh, with the really cool, um, you know, uh, soul glow hair. Yeah, uh, that guy. Um, he went on to do shit, right? He played in Life with Eddie Murphy. I mean, he did uh, 
what was it? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. One of the Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, the same one. Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Oh, Him, yeah, Tom right. Matthews. Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost as if those three, like, just went straight from doing this movie straight into Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. They're like, we're gonna take over the horror genre. It's kind of like how we get ready for a show on Wednesday. Night. <laughs> <laughs> with this one. Yeah, but, this is yeah. gonna be the best show ever, guys. Come on, let's build ourselves up to we'll do the show more like. Ah, yeah, right. By the end, we're all coddled up in an attic while someone's beating on the door to get up there, and the government. <laughs> That's how our nights. I, I, the, the, the sense of humor in the movie, I think, is is one of the things. That, I mean, there's there's that danger as well that with comedy, especially horror comedy, that sometimes it becomes a bit too dated. Um, and this movie is now 30 years old it's 30 years old this year which is fucking scary um, but I think the sense of humour really works in this movie because it doesn't play too much into kind of the 80s it obviously plays on some stereotypes on some level but um, the fact that we do have you know these two characters releasing this this uh, this toxic gas um, into into the air and you know what happens to them in terms of how they basically die but are still alive, uh, uh, are still animate but but dead, and, and that kind of reminds me a lot of respects of when you're watching something like um, an American Werewolf in London, yeah. and what his his dialogues with his dead friend who, you know, is just every time we see him is a bit more decomposed. As, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. Every time we come back to these characters, they look another shade paler. Um, I really like that as well. That you know. There's like 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 you were saying is there's nothing nice that happens to any of these characters at all. Um, it's basically a downward spiral, which on some levels should be the most depressing shit in the world to watch. But it's it's really well written. Dan O'Bannon knows how to do that character development that we're talking about in Dance of the Dead. It's a similar thing here. Within a couple of minutes, you meet each of these characters. We know exactly how we feel about them. Yeah. No. I mean, I. You know, like you were saying, if you switch the soundtrack up, it, it just, you know, the movie doesn't work. If you try to replace the, uh, who was it, James Karen that played Frank and yeah. Tom Matthews that played Freddy, it just doesn't work. The interactions between Frank and Freddy, like you said, while they're dying, and then even throw uh, Clue in there as Bert and Ernie, the, um, the uh, mortician across the street. Yeah. I mean, the, the character connections work so well. I mean, that's like one of the only redeeming things about Return of the Living Dead Part 2. They tried to pull the same formula. They even have James Car- or James Karen and Tom Matthews back in this, dying the same way. They even reference it. They say, God, I, I, we feel like we've been here before. And, and that, <laughs> it, it doesn't work at all. I mean, and, and they tried to go for the same formula. And it's just, you know, I, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even come close to this one. It doesn't to, come- to, to my shame, Danny, the only one I've ever seen is the first one. Uh, you're not, you know, you should watch two just to see how silly it really is. There's even like a Michael Jackson, like moonwalking zombie, I think, and (laughs) rolling around like, Hey, where's my body and talking and shit. And, um, it it gets more serious back again with three. I I actually think three was a really good one. Um, I think Brian Yusna had something to do with that, but four and five pieces of crap, you know, but Hey, I mean, look, it it spawned what five, six, um, you know, sequels Mm -hmm. to it. So it's just, uh. It's funny, most people just, you know, give up on it after the first one, which, you know, if, if you're going to watch them, you should probably watch them out of order and don't watch the first one first, because it is yeah. deep. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Yeah, I, I think that's the, it's the dangerous when everything connects so well and it's handled so well, the difficulty is trying to follow that. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I will eventually. They're on the list. 
they're on the, the, the rather extensive list of, of things. So, I mean, wh- why is it then? Let me let me throw a question out to you just before wrapping up with a, a, um, a scoring on this one. Why is it you think that of all the horror movies you've ever seen, The Return of the Living Dead is the one that connects with you the most? I think it's it's... I mean, it all comes back to, you know, the time period and the availability of horror at a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like what we talked about on the Midnight Horror Show a couple weeks ago with the, the Scary Stories novels. Yeah. You know, this is what I had access to. And um, so it, it just imprinted. I, it's, and it wasn't even Tar Man, really. What, what got me to go find Return of the Living Dead. See, I didn't know what it was at the time. I just know that there was this movie with this torso zombie thing talking about wanting to eat brains and you know I would watch it like halfway through my fingers you know what I mean and so when I went back later in life I had to go find this movie and when I watched it like you know it's probably a gap between somewhere in the age of like seven or eight you know and then when I'm a teenager and it felt like I had been watching this movie every year you know yeah. <laughs> like I remembered everything about it and I think that's why you know, it sticks with me. It's more about the sentimental value. I mean, it, I mean, I do think all the elements work great with it. You know, do I think it's a cinematic masterpiece? No, but it's uh, same with you know, like I was saying about his other ones, Invaders from Mars, um, and uh, Life Force. These are just things that I had access to at that age, and so they really, really stuck with me. Um, I think that's why In the Mouth of Madness, same way, it, that's up there as well, because it's just one of those things at a certain time in my life when I wasn't really watching this or that of horror, that's what just kind of, you know, left yeah. its mark. And Return of the Living Dead did that. You know, I, I, I saw it before. I saw Dawn of the Dead. I saw it before I saw Night of the Living Dead. You know, these things came afterwards for me because mm-hmm. it was, like I said, I was so young when this came on TV and I watched it. So uh, that, that's probably why it's, you know. But the funny thing is, even though it's one of my favorite films, but the favorite of all, it's not my number one zombie film. Oh, that's just funny because, like, obviously, um, we're going to be doing the 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 zombie top twenty in the next couple of weeks, and um, I've done my list as well. And uh, I was speaking to some people yesterday about it on the Facebook page that. I am. I I have approached my list the, the very much the same way as by the sounds of things you have approached it as well. I have approached it as what what do I because there's a lot of movies that have zombies in them that are like you know like these movies are my favorite. But if you sit down and say you know is it the best zombie movie? I'm like no. Yeah. But I still love that movie. I still love it more than probably what I would say the best zombie movie is. But when it comes down to pure, is this the best zombie movie? And and that I mean as a result of that I've already I'd said before I even compiled my list like the heavy hitters the ones that you would expect to be in my top three don't appear in my top three at all and some of them don't even appear in my top ten um, because I've went down this road of what do I genuinely think is the best zombie movie committed to screen and that's how I've worked them out um, so it doesn't surprise well it kind of surprises me that you've approached it the same way because I thought I was going to be a bit different that way but it, it's going to make that list all the more interesting I think that final top 20 yeah, list I, is going to be I had to view it that you know it's like you were saying with some of the hard hitters you know not to give away too much but you know like Dawn of the Dead Night of the Living Dead love these films they were great great zombie films for me but um, I, you know if there's something here in the last couple years as I've been older that has brought back that fear of zombies i've lost you know we've all lost the fear we're it's so yeah. saturated with it we're not we're not afraid of them anymore if a movie has brought back that fear 
that, that goes a little higher on my list because that's what I want in a zombie film. I, I mean, I love to be entertained by something like Return of the Living Dead where there's comedy to it, but uh, it wasn't funny to me when I was a child watching it. I didn't catch that there was comedy involved with Return yeah. of the Living Dead. It was terrifying. So that's what I'm looking for in a zombie film. I, I want it to scare me again, to make me think that if this happens, it wouldn't be cool anymore. It would mm-hmm. be utterly terrifying again. So yeah, my, my list isn't, yeah. It's going to be, yeah, like you said with yours. That's, that's how I've approached mine as well. So it'll be interesting. Awesome, awesome. Right, uh, I kind of guess where this grading's going. Um, <laughs> I can kind of see where it's going before it even happens. But remember in the grading system that we did with the previous one, um, I'll kick us off. Return of the Living Dead's a five for me. I love the movie. Um, I can watch this movie probably any time. I will never get bored of it. Ever get bored of it. I just think there's so much fun. And I, like I say, there's so much enthusiasm passion to the genre yeah it's 80s as all get out but it is like to me if someone said the, the ultimate 80s horror movie you know it's a it's a it's a toss-up between return of the living dead and night of the creeps <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. maybe night of the comets just at the back uh, you know these movies are the epitome of of that kind of cheesy 80s-ness um I just think they're fucking brilliant, and yeah, this movie, this movie gets a five. What about yourself, Danny? I, I well, I, I knew where I was going, and then you threw names out there like Night of the Comet and Night of the Creeps, and I'm like, oh, hold on now, do I want to rethink what my favorite zombie movie is of all time, or my favorite uh... of all time? Do I give this a three now? Suddenly, I don't know. Why'd you say Night of the Comet? Oh, well, um, dude, dude, let me let me put it this way: if you'd be down with it, and I know I'd be down with it. Maybe let's see a month from now, maybe a month and a half from now. How about an episode which has a review of Night of the Comet and Night of the Creeps? I, I think we'd almost be in store for a uh, a happy ending like like this one here. I'm, we've got <laughs> a five going both ways. I'm, I'm getting, obviously Return of the Living Dead five for me, amazing film, and I'm probably going to go sit down and watch both of these now again because I want to see how well they work back to back like that. If I have yeah. that kind of time, if the kids allow that, well, probably not. I'll probably have to do it in the middle of the night. But either way, I'm going to do it now. Um, yeah, I would, I would love to do that. Those are two movies I think, um, I think they go to what, together well too. But we could always talk about that when we do that. I think so. I think so. And um, out with that, you're going to be making a, a special appearance um, on the fourth episode in our Roundtable series. Uh, which will be coming up, I believe, I'm, I think I'm pushing it back to early July, just because I have now compiled a list of what needs to be researched for that, and it's ridiculous, as of course the uh, Stephen King adaptation um, episode, where basically we're going to look at every every Stephen King adaptation um, from from novel to TV and film, which is fucking ridiculous. Trust me, that list is is daunting. Um, so you're going to be coming back for that as well. So I can't, uh, I yeah, can't it's be, wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, just before we jump out, just now, Danny, would you like to remind the people out there where they can check out the Midnight Horror Show and where they can follow you on the Facebooks and Twitters? Sure. Uh, you guys uh, come over to the group. It is the Midnight Horror Show. It kind of goes hand in hand uh, with the show that we do live at tmhsradio.com every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 Eastern. Um, it's kind of like a 3D movie and you need the 3D glasses, which is the Facebook group. So please join that as well. Jump into the chat during the show. It's right there on the uh, TMHS Radio homepage. 
And uh, it's a lot of fun. And you get Duncan. Duncan's there every week, and he's the only one that really talks movies. Um, all the time. <laughs> listen to it. If you actually listen to that horror show, you're going to go, wow. Um, I think Danny, you know, stepped up just a tad bit more about movie talk when he comes on with Duncan. Because on his own show, he's like, oh, that movie's stupid. Oh, that movie stinks. Ah, la, 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 la. Move on, move on, move on. So, yeah, I have to step, I step it up in your presence here. <laughs> You know, I got to act like I actually uh, watch these movies and pay attention to them, not just saying you're, you're a crazy man. You're a crazy man. And what, was, it, what <laughs> was the Twitter for, for Midnight Horror Show? I think it's at, at TMHS Radio. Yeah, That's what I thought it was. It's early in the morning here, so my coffee's just finally buzzing through me now. So I have to go jump, <laughs> you know, pick some breakfast for these children in this house. Well, thank you very much for coming back on the show again, oh, Danny. Remember- oh, it's, it's a pleasure. I love it. Remember, everyone out there, check out the Midnight Horror Show, not just because I'm on the show, but because I, I genuinely, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it is the most fun I have uh, doing anything for two hours uh, each week. It's fucking, it's an absolute blast. Um, I'm going to return just after this very short break to close out the show. Thanks again to Danny and I will be right back after this. Almost midnight. Enough time for one more story. They tried to kill us. You ungodly warlock. <laughs> but we just won't stay dead. What's the matter? You can't hold your liquor, huh? The Midnight Horror Show. The internet's goriest and raunchiest horror podcast since 2008. Now live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at TMHSRadio.com. Listen on your mobile device with the TuneIn app. Search TMHS Radio or download us at iTunes, Podomatic, or the TMHS Radio page. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs, episode number 52, which featured reviews of 2008's Dance of the Dead and 1985's The Return of the Living Dead. Hope you enjoyed those reviews. Once again, thanks very much to Danny Trioxin from the Midnight Horror Show for coming over to chat about those films. And uh, like the man said, if you have some spare time on a Wednesday night between 7 and 9, Eastern Standard Time um, or maybe if you're an insomniac like myself over in the UK who's awake at midnight um, and you want to check out that show live then all you have to do is go to tmhsradio.com and you can join in the insanity over there Um, also congratulations to Dave Bates who won our competition Um, Dave once again if you drop me a little line on Facebook I will get that posted out to you and I hope you enjoy your limited edition Arrow Video Steelbook Blu-ray cut of Lucio Fulci's The Beyond fucking love that movie Um, like I said at the start of the episode some really interesting episodes coming up that I'm looking forward to Uh, and like the Baz was saying He's, he's maybe even going to actually watch these uh, final two Friday the 13th movies so we can finally put a nail in Jason Voorhees' head and move on to the next um, task in the, the, the saga that is Baz V Horror. Um, he's got a couple of assignments coming up and an end-of-term assessment where he's going to face off against the Evil Dead franchise all in one episode. 
Oh, it's going to be nasty. I can tell it's going to be nasty. So, um, what else is going on? Well, um, doing the nasty is still ticking along. Um, we are eight episodes into that series, and if you want to check out that show, all you have to do is go over to Horophilia. And when you're over at Horophilia, um, just check out Doing the Nasty Podcast and hear myself and Andy Blockley from the Big Horror and Little Podcast uh, chat about some movies that were on the video nasty list. Uh, you can also check out some of my stuff over at rockandreelreviews.com. I do the podcast over there. I occasionally contribute a, a music review and interview some musicians at gigs. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, like I said, I've recently been added to Graveshift uh, as a permanent host which I'm incredibly proud of. Uh, I love those guys over there, Ryan, Bo and John are great guys, so um, you can check out that show. Um, they've got a Facebook page, uh, they've got their own feed on iTunes, but they're also part of Legion Podcast Network, which the podcast under the stairs is as well, with some fantastic shows over there to check out, so make sure you check them out. And of course, while you're checking out shows, check out the shows over at Horophilia. Um, they've got a, an incredible bevy of fantastic shows, including Kiss the Goat, which I think you guys must know by now is just like one of my favourite fucking shows out there. Uh, Jeff and uh, Kuti are just fucking amazing. Um, their most recent episode on Constantine even features in their outtakes a small Jeff X Martin impression of Duncan McLeish, which um, is not is not great, but it's not bad either. So uh, uh, much love going out to those guys. Um, remember, you can enter the competition to win Beneath uh, DVD released by Arrow. It's uh, Region 2 UK. Um, unless you've got a multi-region player out with the UK, it will not play in your system if you're applying. And all you have to do is comment under the photo in the Facebook page with a question or ask advice from the Baz. Or you can send it by email to podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com with the heading Baz's Basement and put them in there. Baz is going to go through them in two weeks' time on episode number 54 where we will announce the winner. So get creative. I imagine the most creative question or asking of advice will be the one that wins with the bars. You know what he's like. It doesn't have to be dirty. It just has to pique his interest. Um, although, by the sims of things, Baz's interest is very easily piqued and that sometimes results in sexual injury. So uh, get well soon, Baz. Um, I think. I don't know. I don't know where that's going. Um, also... Remember, if you listen to this show through iTunes, you can leave us some feedback um, on iTunes. Um, if it's five stars, for example, the more five stars we get, the higher up the ratings we go, the more chance people are going to randomly stumble across this. And if you're not on the Facebook page yet either, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast, And we're on Twitter, which is twitter.com forward slash cast. so check us out there or at cast if you uh, want to tag us in something um, and remember keep the comments coming on the Facebook page um, I love the activity over there you guys are absolutely fucking awesome and I know I say it a lot I have calmed down since last week's rant although to be honest a lot of the things that were annoying me are still ticking over on the online I just don't get it um, final thing I want to say before I close out this episode is I had the privilege and pleasure of joining Mike Murphy over at the Badasses Boobs and Body Counts podcast. Uh, if you've not checked their show before, I've played the promo before, um, it's a really cool um, podcast that kind of deals exclusively with cult and grindhouse exploitation cinema. He usually does a show with Iris, who is a long-time friend of this show, and has appeared on this show fucking well over a year ago. Um, but Iris is away doing some really, really worthwhile work 
uh, with um, invalids over in Guatemala, so I got the opportunity to step in and uh, get my first experience of the Badass Boobs and Body Counts podcast, um, reviewing with Mike Murphy the movie Chatterbox from 1977, and that episode should be dropping um, sometime this week. I'll post it in the, the Facebook page when it arrives, and I guys check it out, it was a blast recording that show so please check that out um, I don't think I have anything else to bore you with, uh, these end segments sometimes run a bit long uh, that's because I try and plug everything all at once uh, suffice to say, remember you can check out the show on Legion Podcast Network um, Duncan and Bo Come Correct will be returning really soon I think it's about two weeks time until we record our first episode back, really looking forward to that, although I am the champion from season one, which basically means I'm a, a guy walking around with a giant target on his back and Bo has assured me he is going to bring it this season so come at me Bo come at me um, yeah so remember and check out uh, all the shows over at Legion I know I've already said that but it really is worthwhile it's a great collection of shows over there and uh, with that in mind the self-plugging out the way um, I just want to once again thank every single listener to this show uh, you are the reason I do it um, other than the fact that I love horror movies I just love sharing my opinions with you and the feedback that I get is uh, brilliant even if you don't agree with my ratings uh, which some of you don't uh, at the same time I would much rather put my opinions out there spark up a bit of conversation and um, see where that conversation leads us so with that in mind I'm going to say goodbye just now and please take care of yourselves out there remember the podcast Under the Stairs will be back sooner than you think this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from the void, signing off. Hey,